Hey folks, welcome to another edition of the Shire Salvos podcast. My name is Jack Clifton, behind the mic to keep you updated with everything that's happening around the life of our church and also play you the sermon from Sunday morning's church service. We had uh, Mark Soper bringing us the word, looking forward to bringing that to you uh, a little bit later on in the podcast. We'll uh, round up all of the latest news. If this is your first uh, ever time listening to the Shire Salvos podcast, we we look and we aim to, to round up all the latest news around the life of our church, but also uh, keep you updated with uh, different things uh, that are happening. Well, there isn't a whole lot of activities happening at church, I guess, in the not-too-distant future, but we do want to recap uh, some of the things that have been happening. We had the guest who's coming to dinner, uh, which happened uh, yesterday. We record this on Monday afternoon. So Sunday afternoon, there were some uh, lunches uh, around the Sutherland Shire, and Saturday night, there was uh, there was some lovely dinners of uh, different people in the congregation getting to, to, to see each other and know each other, and uh, we'll talk about that um, as well as rounding up everything else that's happening in the life of the church now. The one bit of news that we do want to um, t- talk to you about um, is that we have the Equip Kids Camp coming up in the next couple of months. It's $130 uh, to register. And if you're interested in finding out more information or, or want to register, you can contact Beck Kundasami in the church office. So uh, contact the church office for more info there. I can tell you, though, that, uh, that there's two separate camps. Uh, the first is the 28th to the 30th of October up there at uh, Lake Macquarie. Uh, and the second is the, is the following week, the 4th to the 6th of November, uh, down there in, uh, in the Shoalhaven. So uh, some of the electives include drumming, dance, art, and sport. $130 for a child, $100 if you're looking to go as a leader. Uh, this is the old music camp that uh, so many Salvos people talk about. Uh, so if you're interested in getting your kids involved with that or the kids have been nagging you, uh, then yeah, please do contact Beck uh, for a bit more information. Uh, we've finished our James series uh, here at church and our next series, despite it not having a name, uh, is going to be focusing on evangelism. So I really encourage you to uh, yeah uh, dive into the Word and, and prepare yourself for uh, the upcoming series uh, that we have uh, over the next month at church. So going to be speaking all about evangelism and uh, I guess how we can be using ourselves or God can be using us as vessels to uh, preach the preach the good word, uh, preach the love of Christ to, to other people, whether that's uh, associates that we, we are involved with, with work or, or sport, or whether it's uh, friends that, that aren't believers yet. I think it's going to be a really good series. I know uh, Joel, Kim and Mark are really keen to, to dive in that, into the word there. Elsewhere, if, uh, if you didn't no, we did have our Guess Who's Coming to Dinner event uh, over the weekend. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to do this the last couple of years due to COVID-19. Um, I went to my first one, I think, in 2018 and got to uh, meet uh, a lot, lots of lovely people that made me feel really welcomed uh, when I was uh, I was ve- fairly new at, at the church. And uh, yeah, myself and my wife, Claire, we were... Uh, at, at an event uh, on on Saturday, and uh, yeah, we um, were at the Coots place, and they were very very welcoming to us, and put on a, a lovely spread, and, and people provided some really yummy food, and it was yeah a great chance to speak to people outside of I guess a church setting and get to know people that uh, you might not necessarily cross in your, your social circle in church. So we're going to continue to do that um, uh, in the in the future here at Shire Salvo. So if you missed out this time, would really encourage you to to get involved next time because it is a wonderful uh, night itself, it's a wonderful afternoon, and for for those that may have gone to the Sunday afternoon um, uh, session or the Sunday afternoon lunches uh, after church. It is a great way to yeah get a, get a nice feed, but also uh, get to chat to uh, to different people uh, in in our church that uh, you might not normally come across as well. 
Well, that wraps up everything that we need to tell you uh, on what's happening in the life of the church. Um, the only other thing to, to let you know is that the Encounter, um, a time of prayer and praise, the last event happened on September 11, and the next one will be happening next Monday, the 26th of September, happens the second and fourth uh, Sunday or Monday uh, of each month, and that's held at the uh, the church, Shire Selbos Menai, uh, 11 Pilega Place at Bangor, and you can contact Lynn McComb in the church office directly if you want to find out a bit more information about that. But enough of me. We're going to jump into the sermon this week from Mark Sermon. Uh, we're going to jump into the sermon this week from Mark Soper as we continue our quest here on the Shire Salvos podcast. You know, um, we just finished um, the series going through the book of James, and um, and I was preaching after the week, and I was like, Lord, what is it that you want me to share? And often some people go, where do you get your messages from? Well, sometimes it's a series and we, we get told a particular passage. And sometimes I normally, what I normally do is I go through my journal. Um, I go through my devotions and I see what God has been sharing with me. And I'm thinking, and I just pray, okay, Lord, is there any of these lessons that I've learned that I could share with your people? And uh, the lesson um, early in the year, I was going through the book of Peter and I felt prompted that we should share this. It sort of aligns a little bit with um, sort of our Volunteer Sunday. But, but it's something that I feel convicted to share and I want to share with you this morning. And it was in the 1 Peter 2, 11 to 12. Um, and Kara read it fantastically. Um, and it says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. And um, I read a lot of like the background and history and commentaries on this particular passage. And um, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever had a lie or a rumor spread against you? Have you? Ever have people um, sometimes make stories up or they have a bit of a half truth and they, they sharing information that is not correct about your character or what you have or haven't done? Has that ever happened to you? Has that ever happened to you? Yeah? How did it make you feel? How did it make you feel? Sorry, angry? What else? Betrayed? What else? Very upset? What else? Disappointed? What else? Crushed, heartbroken. And when Peter wrote this, he was writing to people who were crushed, heartbroken, upset, angry, frustrated people, followers of Jesus, that were having numerous, numerous lies, accusations, false accusations against them. And at this time, when Peter wrote this passage, God's people were at an all-time under attack. No matter what they did, people would um, point for, at their flaws, they would make rumors and lies, and they'd persecute um, the Christian in the way of life. Sometimes I feel like it's a little bit similar today. Would you agree? If people get a chance to boot into the Christianity, they, they have a go at it. And I, and I was thinking, where is this coming from? And this is the particular passage that was shared. And I believe this is a word for some people need to hear this now 
And some people, this word is, I wanted to be praying that it gets implanted in your spirit for a time when you need to remember this reminder that Peter shares with us. And these were the accusations, these were the misrepresentations, these were the lies, the rumors that were spread about the Christian way of life. And I can tell you this, the best lie is a half-truth. Because we're dealing with Satan here. He knows the scripture, he knows the good news. The best lie is a half-truth. And I'll tell you a really good lie that I did when I was younger. Sean Nolan's in the room, so I'm going to blame him as well. When I was in year 12, I've shared this before, when I was in year 12, I used to tell my dad, Dad, I need the car, I've got to go to the library. And he goes, you're not going to the library, are you, son? I said, I'm going to the library. And I'd pick up my mates, and we'd go to the movies at Parramatta, and we would hang out and all this. And, and my mates couldn't understand why I'd drive to the library and go in the library, because my dad would go, did you go to the library? I said, yes, I went to the library. It's a half-truth, but it's a lie. You want to say, thanks, Dad, yeah. Anyway, my point being is, What people will do sometimes in life and what society does against the church is they misrepresent, misquote, and they use a half-truth and make it a lie. And the Christian way of life is sometimes simple but can get distorted by a lot of half-truths about what church is like. I get this, oh, I didn't realize church was like this. I said, what did you think church was like? And then they have this distorted view. It's like this half true, but it's really a lie. It's a misrepresentation of of who we are. And I want to share, just just so you can get your mind to understand, of the Christians back in the day, this is what was happening to them. They were accused, it sounds laughable, but they were accused of cannibalism. Christians were accused of killing and eating children. And it goes back to the Last Supper. You think about the words, and Jesus took bread, he gave it um, and broke it and said to them, this is my body given to you, do this in remembrance of me. He also said, this is my cup, a new covenant in my blood spilt for you. And so then all these people were spreading rumors about the Christian way of life. And they wouldn't hang out with Christians because they didn't want to understand or, for instance, maybe scared. Then the other lie and accusation, the half-truth, they were also accused of immorality incest because the christians would talk about agape their love feasts you know the time of of food and fellowship coming together they would say agape love feasts and they would think that all these kinds of evil acts would happen at these love feasts it's a bit ridiculous but it's a half true but it's a lie and then they would the christians were accused of damaging trade they would say christians are terrible for business well, if, if you go back, it was um, probably in Ephesus in Acts 19, and it was about the silversmith. Remember, Paul went into there, and he tells everyone the good news of Jesus, and he says, we don't have gods that can be man-made. There is only one, and true, one true God, and that is Yahweh. And he directs people to put their faith and trust in him. And these silversmiths who was making, and all these other silversmiths who were making these other gods and making money from this, They lost business. But the truth is, Christians, Christians, authentic Christians are great for business. They are honest, honoring, and hardworking. But it's a a, truth, but a lie at the same time. And then they would say this. They would say they accused them of tampering with family relationships, tearing families apart, they would say the Christian life is. And back in the day, um, if you were um, the head of the house, your whole household would believe your faith or your religion. 
And what was happening, people were starting to know the good news of Jesus. So people were starting to give their life to Jesus. And you'd go into a house where religion could have been Judaism or, um, or Muslim. Um, and, and that was happening is families, there's a bit of disunity in the families. So it's a truth, but really it's a lie because Christianity brings families together because we are about uni- unity and unity commends a blessing. And another half lie, they, um, they were accused of turning slaves against their masters. So think about in that era, there was heaps of slaves and they're accused of just turning everything upside down. But actually, Christians actually started to give this idea and think about this, that every single human being is a valued, loved child of the most high God. And that every life matters. And actually, we believe in freedom for people over a period of time. So it was this, yeah, it was causing some issues. And the one rumor I think um, that I think is laughable, they're accused of hatred to man, but you can understand why. We often talk about the world's ways and God's ways. We are against the world. And so there was this, Christians hate mankind. We hate humans. That was the rumor. It's a little bit of a half-truth, but reality is we are sent to bring light into darkness. We are called, our calling is to love people into the kingdom of God. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. If you what? Have love for one another. The one rumor they did get right, though, was above all, they were accused of disloyalty to Caesar because they wouldn't bow down to Caesar and they believed that only one God, and that was Jesus Christ, and he was the Lord. So can you empathize with God's people and the challenge? And I'm not going to say, oh, you know, the world's against us. Well, technically speaking, the world is against the way of the Christian life. And he has called us, and I think Peter gives us, Peter gives us some of the best wisdom of how to live well when we live in a world like that. Not with a fearful or defeatist attitude, but how do we live well knowing that maybe what we align with is not aligned to the world's values? You would agree? You know, um, we have a, a couple of people in the 2234 area. That's our postcode in this area. And um, that just do not like the salvos. And they've spread some lies and some half-truths um, on social media. Whenever we sort of promote something, we, sadly, we don't promote a whole heap on the 2234 page because there's some salvo haters out there and they just get stuck in. And these are some, of, and I've had to work through some of this, but um, salvos waste money and they use it to buy this house. Not doing anything with it. Well, actually, it was a gift with funds from a legacy that had to be used to house vulnerable families. And we've actually, all our houses are now full with people, marginalized people that need somewhere to live. And, and I wanted to go and knock on this guy's door. I wasn't being very gracious like Paul. Um, the other guy, I think one of his friends jumps in. says, Salvas just take your money and they do nothing in the community. They do nothing in this community. What did they do? And then I graciously posted um, all the services that we provide in the Shire on, on the page. Um, very graciously. So I, was, oh, I said, happy to talk. Um, you know, here's what we do. Um, 
I probably wouldn't have done much talking, but no, anyway. But, but you see, because it just struck a nerve. I thought, it's wrong, it's false. It's against everything that we, we talk about. And, and the other things, and now the justification is like, we actually do far more with the very limited resources we have, and we get no government funding through people's generosity. We do what we do. And I got riled up. I got fired up. And then I read scripture, and I understand I'm not going through anything different that other Christians haven't gone through for thousands of years. And I thought, how am I going to deal with this? And how are you going to deal with a, a, a non-alignment with sometimes the world in which we live? And I think Peter knows exactly what it's like to be misrepresented. He knows exactly what it's like to be lied about and for rumors to be spread about his life and the faith and his faith. And this is how, very simple, I believe he encourages me and reminds me, and I'm hoping he encourages you and reminds you about how we need to live and what we need to remind ourselves. And in verse 11, if it comes on the screen, um, in verse 11 we see, he says, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners. The first part of that passage is reminding us this, is this, keep eternity in mind. Keep eternity in mind. It actually, um, if you look at the Hebrew and the Greek, Greek of those words, that um, the temporary residents and foreigners, those words translated back into Greek would describe someone who is only a temporary resident in a place whose home is somewhere else. And let me tell you this, your home, your truest home is somewhere else, and it is in eternity. We are citizens of two worlds, the earthly and the heavenly, but our truest home is in heaven with Jesus. And he reminds us of that as foreigners. He actually, the same words in Greek were the same words that they used to describe the children of Israel when they were slaves and strangers in the land before they entered the promised land. See, our promised land is heaven and the place we are now is earth. Are you with me? He reminds us of that. He reminds us of this. Keep eternity in mind and don't live by sin sinful desires. Live by kingdom values. It's challenging, isn't it? But it's the way to live. And so it's when I think about that, I think, okay, God, I'm just going to pursue you. I'm not going to worry about rumors that may go. I'm going to live so well that people, we go to the next verse in verse 12, that people see such good work that we do, that people would just honor Jesus. I may not like him, but gee, they do a lot of good work. And so we see in verse 12, we go to verse 12. So the first, just a first reminder, keep eternity in mind and don't live by the sinful desires. And the second is this, the best way to defend yourself, I want you to think about this, the best way to defend yourself from rumors, lies, and being misrepresented is through acts of love. Through acts of love. It actually would have resolved nothing if I went and approached this guy and said, why are you doing this? And Actually, be gracious. Love this guy. Don't fight with him. Just keep journeying with him. The best way to defend yourself, I want you to think about it, especially this younger generation, all these keyboard warriors out there and all that sort of stuff. 
Only think about yourself. The best way to defend yourself from rumors, lies, and being misrepresented is through acts of love. Through acts of love. And you remember in Proverbs 15, 11, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You don't fight fire. You don't fight worldly fire with worldly fire. You fight worldly fire with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Fight lies by doing good. Fight lies by doing good. Attractive Christianity always stems from a loving example. Attractive Christianity always stems from a loving example. Example is everything when it comes to our faith covered by grace. Example is everything when it comes to our faith covered by grace. And the question I always ask myself when I, when I journal and I read, I say, so why should we live like that? Why should we strive to live like that? With eternity in mind, not the ways of the world, and that we should just, you know, as it says, be careful to live, um, to live properly among your unbelieving neighbours. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honourable behaviour and they will give honour to God when he judges the world. Basically saying that your witness will win people over and eventually they will see the ways of Jesus. And so when I ask the question, why should I strive to, that my life would be such an example for people who may accuse me falsely, why should, I, why should I strive to live such a good life? Salvation is at stake. Salvation is at stake. Because I love it, it says, and at the end of it, it says, then even as they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honourable behaviour, your good deeds, and they will give honour to God when he judges the world. So that not just when he comes, when he comes, they know him. You understand? So they have actually come to know him. So they will give honour to God when he judges the world, when he comes. They will know God when he comes because of our example. Salvation, why should we do it? Salvation is at stake. An example is everything. Example is everything. I want to tell you this. Your example, it doesn't matter how small it is, matters. Your example and life, it matters. Your example leaves a footprint on this world, on this earth. Your example matters. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, your example and life matters. Like you mean it. Okay, that's a lot more than just that, okay? Example is everything when it comes to our faith. Example is everything when it comes to our faith covered by grace. And it's by your fruit. And one of the hardest challenges, the most difficult challenges in life is when we have been hard done by, misrepresented, when lies and rumors have been spoken about us and to turn the other cheek. A wise man once said that, turn the other cheek. And I can tell you this, the kingdom will grow faster 
and more powerfully than ever before when God's people don't fight the world's fire with fire and defend ourselves in a worldly manner, but we let the Holy Spirit, we let our example do the heavy lifting. We let by this, all men will know that you might have love for one another, but it's by your fruit that people will know him. And I think when I, in summary, when I talk about Peter, Peter is talking about three things. He's talking a life of service, of good behavior, of helping people, of thinking about others. Peter is talking about a life of integrity, being who you say you are, and being someone of faith. I learned a valuable lesson um, from my dad. Um, and I can remember, um, it's a little bit funny now looking back, um, but I can remember um, I was friends with a, a, a good friends with a girl and she was in a relationship and she fell pregnant and um, no, I just kept being a friend. And r- the rumor will sometimes in the church can sometimes be terrible and sometimes in the community as well. But um, everyone was, you know, thinking that, you know, my parents come to me and said, son, we need to have a conversation. Is there anything you want to tell us? And I said, no. <laughs> And um, they said, We'd heard, we'd heard, we've heard, heard this. They obviously, they said, oh, we don't believe that. And I said, no, no that's true. And, um, and so what I had observed and realized is that people was, rumors were going around that this was happening and all this. And I said, Dad, what do I do? What do I do now? Like, I want to support my friend. Um, and what do I do? And he just very simply, in some way, he just said, just keep being a friend and God will take care of the rest. Just keep being a friend and God will take care of the rest. And I feel like some people need to hear that. Just keep being friends with people. Keep pressing into the Lord and God will take care of the rest. And this morning, I think there's a couple of things. I think there's some people that need some healing who have been hurt by other people. Whether it's rumors, it could have been the church, or it could have been something that you want some healing for that, that brings up some, something that you can still remember in your mind. Oh, this, you know. Uh, I think God um, actually wants to bring some healing um, to you this morning. Because God doesn't, he, he works with broken people, but he doesn't want you to stay broken. And he wants to heal and restore you. And I think some, God wants to do some healing about some misrepresentations about you that has been spoken about and God wants to remind you that you know what he sees clearly he sees clearly and he sees you as you rightfully are and his truth is all that matters that's one so bring some healing the second thing is I think that God wants to instill a God-fearing spirit amongst his people and a God-fearing spirit is that you are more concerned about what God thinks than what anyone else thinks and the fear of man should subside and the biggest challenge, I think, for, for us as Christians is we want the approval of people and the approval of God. Well, pursue this one. Pursue this one. Pursue God's approval. And I feel I want, I want to pray for a God-fearing spirit to fall upon us as a church and his people. That we would pursue him at all cost. And we would leave the judgment of others or the thoughts of others to him. And just as my dad reminded me, he goes, he'll take care of the rest. And some, some, for some of us, as we just, we're going to have a couple of minutes of silence just to spend time. There might be an area of life that God just wants to remind you and he wants to prompt you. He's not going to say, you're terrible at doing this. You're inconsistent. He just wants to lovingly go, hey, you can do better. 
you can do better. And I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling you, yes, you can do better. But the beautiful thing about God and the Holy Spirit, He wants to strengthen you. He wants to make you strong. We have a for God. He is for you. He is not against you. In, in His strength, you can do this. You can do this. You don't have to walk with your head down. You walk with your head up, knowing that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sinner saved by grace. You can do this. The Holy Spirit, if you press into the God, read His Word, the Holy Spirit will strengthen you. You can do this. In your spirit, say to yourself, I can do this. Not just in your strength, but in His strength. You're partnering with Him. So right now, I encourage you to close your eyes and just spend time with the Holy Spirit. For five minutes, we're going to be quiet. And I'll just remind you again, he wants to bring some healing. If there's any hurt, bring it to him. God, I give you this hurt. I give you this situation. I hand it over to you. I pray you'd bring your, your healing. The other thing, or just remind that God, he's got it. He's got it. And if there's anything that he's pointing out, hey, there's a couple of issues with your integrity, he's going he's gonna to press into him and he will help you work through it. And the best example we will ever be is close to the Savior, living out his values with service, integrity, and faith. So just spend some time together right now, just seeking him. The mercy seat is always open just for time to sit and be still. Thanks. Great to have that encouraging word from Mark and hope that it was encouraging to you in whatever is happening in your daily walk. That also brings us to the end of the Shire Salvos podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, all of, the, all of those that have, whether this is your first time or it's your 11th time or 21st time, really do appreciate you coming in and supporting this church podcast. As uh, yeah, We hope that we're uh, bringing you some good information and it can be a, a fruitful experience for you and an encouraging uh, experience tuning in to the Shire Salvos podcast. We record this podcast each and every uh, month Monday morning, and it's released every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and all good other uh, podcast providers. So make sure you don't uh, miss any episode uh, coming out weekly here in the Shire Salvos podcast. But until next week, this is Jack Clifton signing off. God bless, and we'll talk to you next week.